to heaven. But I think um, this morning it's wonderful just to take a moment and be thankful. It's a part of our Australian culture, isn't it, Mother's Day? And in many countries around the world, I mean, we don't have a auntie's day, do we? We don't even have a child's day. Um, uh, we don't even have a grandma or grandpa's day, uh, you know, nationally, so to speak. Uh, but we do have a Mother's Day because the truth is, is that we've had a mum, we have a mum, um, we is a mum, not good English, but there we go. Uh, or we're married to a mother. Uh, in some way, motherhood has touched us all uh, in the different ways. And we're all at different stages in our lives. Some are young mums, older mums, grandmums, uh, grand whatever today. Uh, great grandmothers today. Uh, we just want to honour you today. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that uh, you've been a part of in our lives. Uh, I, I think of Winston Churchill. He was great prime minister. Uh, who uh, uh, singly, well, very much was a part of the uh, of uh, stopping the uh, invasion of England and London um, in those days of Second World War, and uh, there were many editorials and paper news stories written about Winston Churchill, and the, and and he got to the point where he asked all the editors to submit their copies of what they were about to write to him, and uh, they would uh, have to submit everything before it went to print. And one time they wrote a list of, uh, of all the mentors and teachers of Winston Churchill. And like normal, they submitted it to uh, Winston before they could publish it. And he wrote back and said, you forgot my greatest mentor, my greatest teacher. And you guessed, he says it was my mother. And uh, a man like that who, who held such a position of authority uh, had to remember, took the moment to remind even the press of, of England that his greatest mentor was his mother, despite all the other people in the world who were maybe helped him and taught him. And uh, I pray that uh, that's something you can look on with joy this morning. So I want to talk about a family in the Bible today, a family that has some great mums and grandmothers. And uh, I want to turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 3. And we'll look at that for a moment. It says uh, then, let me read it to you, Acts chapter 16. Look on your phone, uh, you can see on the screen, it'll be there. Um, then he came to Derby and Lystra. Who's the he? It's Paul. Okay, Paul comes to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there. His name was Timothy, uh, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, uh, but his father was Greek. We know the, we know the name of that certain uh, uh, Jewish woman. Um, Timothy's mother, her name was Eunice, okay? Um, verse 2, he was well spoken of, that's Timothy, was well spoken of by the brothers and sisters who were at Lustra and Iconia. And Paul wanted to have him, that is Timothy, go with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. So we see the author of the book of, uh, of Acts is Luke. He was a doctor and he writes about a young man called Timothy. Uh, Timothy is quite uh, um, a popular figure throughout the New Testament um, letters. Uh, actually, Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Um, and this is the moment in Acts chapter 16 where Luke records the time that the great apostle Paul, who was an older man, and Timothy, who was a younger man, met. So they, they meet. They finally meet in this city of Lystra. Um, and we see that... Um, Paul got to know um, Timothy very well. He got to really respect him as a younger man. And he took him on board and started to mentor Timothy and become a teacher to Timothy uh, and help him. In actual fact, in Philippians chapter 2.22, Paul says this about Timothy. He's like a son in the faith. In actual fact, he's not like it. He is a son 
in the faith. And so this older man, Paul, became so, um, so uh, you know, understanding, so much uh, embracing of uh, this younger man, Timothy, that he says, you know what? This guy's like a son to me, uh, like a son to me. What an incredible statement to make about another young man. But the interesting thing is, as you look at this, um, under Paul's guidance, Timothy went on to become one of the great church uh, leaders of the early church. He, he pastored a church in Ephesus, uh, in, in Greece there, and so he went on to become one of the great ch- uh, church early leaders. And Timothy had an incredible faith. My question to you today is, where did the faith come from? Where did Timothy, Timothy's faith come from? Well, Paul knew where Timothy's faith come from because he wrote about it in the, in the second letter he wrote to Timothy in chapter 1, verse 5. And he says this, and this is a verse that some of us would be very familiar. He says, when I call to remembrance, Paul says, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy. Genuine. Genuine faith. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and then, and also in your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded is in you also, Timothy. So Paul attributes Tim's great faith to his upbringing. And... um, more importantly, to two particular women. One was his grandmother Eunice, the other was Lois's, uh, sorry, one was his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. Two great women in his life. And it was the faith of these, these, these mothers that established and positioned him as one of the early church great leaders. A young man that grew up and became a hero of the faith, as we see in the scriptures. And I'm here uh, to let you know that the faith of a mother today... The faith of a mother. For many of us, possibly we're here because of the faith of a mother. Uh, for some of us, we are mothers. And the faith of a mother is, I'm here to tell you, it's vital in raising children who also have faith. Future champions of the faith. I want to say it's vital, the faith of a mother. We may say, how much influence can a parent have? I tell you what, incredible influence in the most positive and uh, wonderful way upon our children. And we see this recorded here in Scripture. Timothy and his parents, Eunice. Um, uh, it's interesting to know that uh, Timothy's mother, Eunice, was a Jewish woman who became a believer. And you might say, but she was a believer in Jewish believers, believed in God. Wasn't she a believer already? No, no, no. The scripture is referring to the fact that she believed in God. Let's remember as they wrote this, as they put all these letters down like Second Timothy and that, they didn't have a New Testament Bible like we do. They just had the Old Testament to go by. And so while Eunice was a Jewish believer, she followed Judaism uh, she was yet to believe in Christ, but now we see it's recorded in Scripture here. She became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ now. So she's been converted from Judaism to Christianity, and Christianity believes in both Old and New Testament, not just Old. And so we see that. We, that's important to understand that. But it's also important to understand something about Timothy's father. He was Greek. You notice what it says? He was Greek. So his father was not a Christian. Okay. Uh, otherwise, Luke in Acts, I, th- I believe strongly would have mentioned it because he says, Eunice, Jewish lady who, be- who was a believer. And then it, it just simply states, and he had a father who was Greek. It's almost like an adage. It's just almost like, well, he had a father, but he was Greek. Um, so we see uh, uh, really the inference here is that he was a Greek man. He had his own beliefs and it wasn't Christian. Paul also, I believe, if, if, if Timothy's father was... Now, you could be Greek and a Christian. That's no problem. <laughs> We're Gentiles and Christians, are we? Because of believers in Jesus. 
But Paul also, I believe, would have said, if it was really true that Timothy's father was a Christian, that he would have said the faith in his mother, faith of his grandmother, and the faith of his father. But that's not what is said. It's not what is said at all. Many Bible scholars believe this, and we won't go into all of it, but many of Bible scholars say that Timothy's father was not, was not just a non-believer, but he actually was not present. He wasn't on the scene at all. Uh, and I believe this scripture that actually can verify and show that because I believe the reality was is that Timothy was raised by his mother and grandmother. And so in actual fact, uh, he was a, they were, he's had a mother who was a solo mum. He was raised by a solo mum. Now, I don't know if you've seen that, but we'll have a look at that. So Timothy's mother and grandmother raised him up. And, uh, you know, I'm very aware as I read this passage here this morning in, uh, in, in, in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 3. Very aware that there were some obstacles that his mother and his mother and his grandmother, but his mother Eunice had to overcome to raise up this young man to be such a dynamic young man of faith. I also want to let you know, it wasn't Paul. It wasn't Paul. Did you notice in Scripture that, that Timothy was a disciple of Jesus before Paul got on the scene? It's just that Paul refined the young man, but he had a faith that's already established. Because it says... It, it, it says clearly that he was a disciple of Christ. He says he was a disciple just before Paul met him. And so we see you can't attribute it to Paul. You have to attribute it to his upbringing. So I want to talk to you today about three things a mother's faith can have. Is that cool? Three things a mother's faith can have so that they can overcome despite the difficulties sometimes as mums may face. And today I want to speak to mums, but in reality as I speak to mums are speaking to us all. I speak to mothers who maybe have felt they haven't got it perfect. Uh, you don't have to show hands, but there's, you know, any mums like that today? Uh, you, maybe sometimes you felt like what you're doing isn't getting through. Maybe today mothers who feel like they're doing it alone. Uh, and that can mean as much as an, a father that's not on the scene at all and left, or maybe a father that is there but maybe not present sometimes in, you know, in emotion, but just comes and goes. See, the faith of a mother... I believe it's vitally important for the raising up of children with a faith, a like faith as well. And so Timothy's mother is a Christian and his father's not a Christian. In actual fact, his father, good possibility, wasn't even present but had left quite a while ago. So the first thing that the faith of a mother can overcome is an absent father. Uh, and that might not relate to all of us today, but just hear me out. I think it's a powerful thought because Timothy's mother, with the support of her mum, was able to raise up this young man who loved and served God. And you know, there's, there's statistical history that shows us if you have a Christian mother and you have a Christian father, uh, the reality is the chances of having Christian children, children who believe in the Lord and love God, are much higher than if you only had one parent. He was a Christian, okay? That's a statistic. But I love the fact, but not what, and that's not what Timothy's mother had the luxury of. She was doing it alone, okay? She didn't have that luxury of a man in her life helping her raise her son. And all the stats and facts can say one thing, but I want you to know this morning, it didn't stop uh, Eunice from raising up a godly young man. I want to tell you today, all the stats and facts can say a lot of stuff, but I'm glad that we have a godly mothers, maybe godly parents I could say as well, but godly mothers who say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to the statistics, I'm going to raise up someone, I'm going to be faith-filled, faithful, and I'm going to raise up children the same. Now, it is possible because we see it here in Scripture. 
Your faith is important this morning, mums, even though you may feel like you need more support sometimes, because you probably do. Um, uh, but your faith and the practice of your faith in full view of your children can see your children have great faith as well. There's a lady that some of us would be well aware of, but maybe you've read her story, but Susanna Wesley. Uh, Susanna Wesley lived in the 18th century, late 18th century, and she had 19 children. There you go, 19. Um, I know we've got some grandmothers here, or mothers that have had quite a few children, but there we go, 19. Unfortunately, nine of those children died at birth, and then two more died within the first year. So she was left with, that's 11, that's, you know, that's eight, isn't it, I think. Um, so the reality is, not only did Susanna, uh, if that wasn't enough of a grieving um, situation for her family, to have all those children pass away at birth, and even have the two others die after birth, if that wasn't enough, her husband, unfortunately, uh, and sometimes this isn't re- is told, but her husband, who was a Christian, was an absent dad. Uh, he, he gave very little interest to the children. Historically, we see it recorded. Very little interest to the children. Actually, very little interest in the marriage. Um, obviously, he had 19 children, so there was some interest. But, um, but you know, the reality was, is that he was very absent. He, he, he had this, he, had a, he was self-delusional, they say, because he had this great project that he was involved in, in writing a commentary on the book of Old Testament Job. But it never came to anything, and he was never around, never present, never there to help his wife raise up the children. And yet he was a Christian man, and I find that a bit sad. But do you know, despite the fact that Susanna Wesley had to raise her children by herself, she had two sons that, that are well known in history. One was John Wesley. John Wesley was an evangelist. He was a great speaker. He literally saw thousands and thousands of people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he started a movement, a revival movement, which became known as the Wesley, I'm uh, sorry, the Methodist movement. Um, and so we, he achieved great things. This was despite the fact that he never had a dad who showed him interest. He had a mum with faith. And then there was a second son named Charles Wesley. He wrote, he was a prolific hymn writer. He wrote over 6,000 hymns and poems. One of them you sing every year at Christmas time, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. He wrote that one. And do you know why uh, Charles Wesley wrote that hymn? Because he was trying to teach people uh, the, the, the theology of, and the, and the um, foundations of truth and Scripture. Because in the song, he actually wrote some incredible lines. Because he said this, God and sinners, what? Reconciled. You know the song. What? If we didn't have a reconciliation, if we didn't have the repentance of humanity... And saying, I'm sorry for my sin. And God bringing Jesus Christ to die on a cross to take the sacrifice for our sin. We wouldn't have a Christian faith, would we? And so Charles Wesley put it in his song. We might think it's a nice carol. You know the shopping center plays this. Shopping centers all over the world play this song. And yet they don't realize the reality of what it says. And here's this man who was raised by a godly mother putting truth and theology into his wonderful hymns that people sing every year, even so many non-Christians. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful legacy. So mums today, please don't listen to the lie that you can't raise up your children in the ways of God if you're by yourself. Amen? Thank you. Second thing. Second thing about a mother's faith can overcome. 
please note in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, I've noted it already, I've said it already. Timothy's mother was Jewish, but a Jewish believer, believed in the Lord, but the father was Greek. For Timothy's mother, you've got to understand, for Timothy's mother to marry this Greek man, look, he may have been a lovely man, uh, that's cool, but you've got to understand Jewish, uh, Jewish women were not allowed to marry outside their own kind. Weren't allowed to. And if you did, you were excommunicated in a sense from the Jewish community if you married outside. So for Timothy, if you've never seen this, see it now. Timothy's mum Eunice obviously had a moment in her history where she kind of walked away from her Jewish beliefs, her belief in God. I don't think she probably necessarily walked away from believing God, but she certainly walked away. She married maybe a lovely Jewish, a Greek man. Uh, and unfortunately, that kind of, uh, that was not a good season for her. But we see what happens is the wonderful thing is sometime she returned back uh, to her belief in God. Uh, and, and more thankfully, she came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because it says she was a believer. And isn't it wonderful? She's become a convert to believing in Jesus and has great faith. And even though she walked away for a season, in her return to God, God still used her to raise up a world leader of the Christian faith, her son Timothy. So the second thing that faith of a mother can overcome is a disobedient past. Now, you say, well, don't say that word disobedient. It sounds so terrible. Well, folks, we've all had one. <laughs> I've had one. <laughs> Sometimes I still am one. Don't look at me with that. We all have. We don't get it perfect. I'm not trying to in any way suggest that we dwell on our past or dwell on our disobedience or dwell on our moments when we've failed. But I'm, I want us to highlight something very clearly here. Our past can be exactly that. It can be what? Past. And obviously, obviously this woman, Eunice, the mother of Timothy, came to a moment. She became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. She came to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on a cross and that because of his death, his blood was shed and it took away. She could be forgiven for her sin. No longer did she need to go to the temple once a year and sacrifice a sheep or an animal. Now she could come and be forgiven through the, what Jesus Christ has done. She became a full-on believer. And obviously that led her to a great faith, a great passion uh, for God and for his, his son, Jesus Christ. And I, I, I love the fact we don't need to listen to that voice that says, because of your past mistakes, you're not qualified to raise up godly children. It's a lie. I want you to know that God sins, that, that, sorry, not God sin, but sin can be forgiven. Past mistakes can be forgotten and new life can begin through belief in the Lord Jesus. Who believes in the, who believes in the resurrection power of Christ within us to take us out of the old ways into a new way? It's so good. Many of us have. Sometimes I think we can forget about the realities of where we've come from and how much God has brought us through. Could you just be thankful for that today, hey? We have a hope and a future, folks. You know, I was watching a game of football last night. It was called, um, unlike Pastor Malcolm, I, I like following a little bit of rugby union. Anybody else follow? Did anybody else watch rugby union last night? New Zealanders, wonderful. No, you're Australians, but you know. And, and the Queensland Reds played the, uh, played the um, New South... Ta what, who did they play? Oh, Canberra. Oh, gee, I forgot the opposition. I was so interested in my team. Um, the, the Canberra uh, team. Um, and uh, they beat them. Reds haven't won for 10 years. Haven't won for 10 years. And they won last night. On the last in extra time, they won the game. And, you know, I just saw a bunch of people, 42,000 people um, 
uh, stood up as one in, uh, in uh, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane and cheered and screamed and hugged and jumped and yelled. And all the team jumped and yelled and got excited. And I thought, how exciting. Wouldn't that be exciting if people came to church on Sunday morning and got that excited about Jesus Christ? <laughs> but sometimes we get very proper. I'm a Christian. <laughs> anyway, I think one of the greatest things about Christianity is that not only have I have a future, but God's dealt with the past. And we see, we see in the realities of here where we come to Christ, He forgives us. The second thing a mother can overcome is a disobedient past. Not just mothers, every person. I want you to know God still forgives sins through Jesus Christ. It's still the one greatest miracle in this world that a person can come to. That I come to Christ and can know His mercy and forgiveness. I can turn away. What a wonderful thing. God gives us His grace and mercy. And for mothers, don't listen to the voice. You are qualified. You are qualified to know. Because just because you might have blown it in the past doesn't mean that you need to know that you're still qualified as you walk with Him today. I love it. One of the greatest strengths of my ability to be a father is to realize that everything good about me or anything good I've ever achieved is because of the grace and mercy of God. I'll say that again. One of the greatest strengths to me is being a dad and bringing up my three girls and now three grandchildren is knowing and remembering that everything I've ever done that's been worthy of thanks or praise has really been a, has to be accredited to God. His ability in me, even the giftings I have, it's Him in me that makes such a difference. The Word of God says, without Him, you can do everything. Nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. And the more we get rid of our ego and pride as sometimes parents or just as people, and, and, and push that to a side and realize it's in Him we live and move and have our being. I tell you what, it makes me a better father. It makes me a better grandmother. You may say, how does that affect your parenting? I want to tell you how it affects your parenting. It affects my parenting because it, God whispers into my heart and He says, you know what? You've been broken in the past, but through Jesus Christ you're whole today. And it helps me deal and keep my ego and my pride in its right place. And that's what I reflect to my children. It's not an egotistical dad or a proudful dad, but a dad who can humbly walk before their God. And it reflects the same thing to my kids. And they start to grab onto that. There's times when I've had to bow my heart before them and say, hey, to my daughters, I'm sorry, I, I, I just overstepped the mark as a dad. I got a bit e e too angry then. I'd done the wrong thing. And I've come to them and I've just re I've said, would you forgive me? And my daughters are like, cool, dad, we forgive you. It's such a humbling moment, but it's such a powerful moment because it reflects the very heart of God towards you. At times I've discovered that it helps me to show genuine mercy and care for my children, just as my father has cared for me. At times, there's been there's so many times I've just known God's strength because I haven't been able to be able to be the best dad. I'm not perfect. I'm marred. I'm broken. I've been done things wrong. And I'm thankful that I have a God that forgives me and helps me to father my children as he fathers me and reflect to them God. Humility is a powerful thing in the Christian faith, folks. And we see that's exactly uh, what this uh, lady, uh, Eunice, and she humbled herself before God and probably said, you know what, God, I kind of blew it there for a moment, but I'm just thankful that you can still qualify me and help me to raise up my kids. And I bow my heart before you. I think it's a great thing. So Timothy's mother, having walked away, walked back, and as she walked back, and God qualified her, and she raised up a great young man. The first thing that we see, uh, it, it, what uh, 
the faith of a mother is, or what it does, it can overcome absent father. The second thing I find that it does is it can uh, overcome a, uh, a disobedient past. But here's the third thing it can do, uh, that a faith of a mother can do this. The third thing, faith of a mother can overcome. Paul says in Timothy, meets Timothy in Lystra in Acts chapter 16, verse 2. Now, um, I took note of that city. And if you do a little bit of research, that is not a city to be a Christian in. Paul, in Acts chapter 14, was stoned in that city. Thankfully, he wasn't killed. Um, some, through a miraculous, maybe, moment, he got up after they'd stoned him and he walked away. I don't know how he did that. But it wasn't the city that would look favorably upon those who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, we are led to believe here, this is exactly where Eunice, his mother, brought up Timothy in a hostile environment against Christians in the city of Lystra. What an interesting situation. We see Timothy's mother raised him in this place. And when Paul meets Timothy, it actually says in Scripture, it says he was well spoken of by the Lystra, the people in Lystra. What's that mean? Well, that means that Timothy had proven himself under fire to be a strong Christian with a strong faith. And why was that so? Because he could see it. he had an example of a mother who did not give in to the hostile society she lived in, but she raised her son the same way. I love that. See, the third thing the faith of a mother can overcome is a hostile society. And, you know, parents today or mothers today, we look at the world, we live it, and it be, we can become concerned. How can my children survive in this world? All the temptations, all the anti-Christian hate slogans, all the things against Christians these days. How can my children ever survive? I want to tell you how they can survive this morning. It's because of your example and your faith as you walk purely and genuinely before God. Your kids say, man, there is something in that that I need as well. Yeah, that's exciting. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. The faith of a parent can be passed on to the children and it becomes greater than anything else the world wants to throw at them. You see, what you put into a, a, a child, you know, what you put into a child can be lasting because the Word of God says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go and when he gets older, he'll not depart from it. Okay, does that mean that my kids, I'll train them up and then they'll walk away from God and, they'll, and then they'll come back? No, no, no. Well, if that happens, amen, that's good. But the, the, the sometimes misinterpret the scripture, train up a child and he'll always walk, knowing, wanting, desiring, passionate, and never departing from what the word of God and the truth of God has been imparted into him. Here's the problem. We don't bother to give our children the time to train them in God's ways. We don't give them the time. We think they'll pick it up. Oh, they'll just pick it up. Now, a lot is caught, more than taught, but you're still going to be deliberate about some things. You're still going to be deliberate because, you know, we, we need to tell them about God in a way that they see the excitement of what God is about and the glory of God and the goodness of God. And we need to reflect that to them. And then when you've told them, you need to live it yourself because as you do, they, they pick up on that. They, they're influenced by that. They see the excitement of your faith and the vibrancy of your passion for Christ. And you talk about Christ openly and you pray openly. And then, man, they pick up on that. If there's one saving grace for me, I am a far from a perfect father. And Michelle would say, far from a perfect mum. But I'm just glad that we were genuine. Do you know what it says in Scripture? Paul said, I see the genuine faith you had, Timothy, that was in your grandmother, in your mother. Genuine means without hypocrisy. Did you know that? It means not acting, not being one thing here and another thing at home. I tell you, if there's one thing that destroys a family is when you're out there all smiles and excitement and you go home and you scream and yell. And they say, well, that's interesting. 
when they're in front of the people, they're really nice, but when they're home, they're really yucky. That's sad. That's what genuine faith is. <laughs> Are you okay? Uh, I'm not beating you up too much this morning. <laughs> oh, you know, there, there was time, if there was one thing that, that I was never perfect, but there was one thing I did when I am here, I wanted to be at home. I think it was my saving grace, I tell you, the mercy of God. But you know, I, there was times when my girls would be sick and, I, and, and, and they weren't well, or there was times when there were things and they'd come to me and say, this is happening. And you know what? I say, let's pray. We just pray. And they saw the miracles of God as God healed them. And that has stuck with them as they just, you know, just simple little prayers, simple little things, simple little miracles on a basis as they grew up. And then the passion for God continued. They saw that and they wanted that. And they saw the world and they said, the world can't give me that, but God can. So we've got to resist and continually impart. Do you know there was a lady who married a man, a Christian man, would you believe, in the 1950s in Australia. He, they lived in Logan, just outside of Brisbane. Oh, Logan. Anybody come from Logan? No? Okay, understand. They had nine children. She, she gave birth to nine children. They all lived, thankfully, because the technology had improved in hospitalization by then, the 1950s. And when her husband, unfortunately, he not only walked away from his faith, when she had nine kids, he walked away from his faith. He walked away from her. It was a tragic situation. Walked away from both of them with his nine kids. The lady, this precious lady, one day in, in, in absolute grief, not knowing the future, literally stood on a bridge, edge of a bridge once, ready to jump off it. Somewhere in the Brisbane, Logan area, saying, how could I ever do this? How could I ever be of any use in this world? How could I ever bring up nine kids by myself? My husband's run away with another woman and he doesn't even believe in Jesus anymore. What am I to do? And you know what? At that moment, she says, God whispered into her heart and said, if you would just believe me, if you would give your life fully to me and surrender your life, do you know that I could not only do something amazing in your life and use you, but I'll actually use all of your kids and raise them up and do amazing things that you'll never, you'll be amazed at. She stepped away from the edge and she did. She became a lady who was faith-filled and faithful to her nine kids. I personally know three of those children. I've met some others, but I know three of them personally. Spent time with all three of them. All three of those kids become pastors. Next weekend, we're having one of them right here on this stage. His name is Steve Kennedy. That's his story. He'll never tell you that unless you ask him personally. Her name is Billy Kennedy. She's probably in her 80s now. She is honored all, by people all over this nation because she's the woman whose husband walked away and yet she raised nine godly children in a hostile environment because they lived in Logan. Nothing against Logan, but there was some pretty, there was some pretty bad elements. She didn't have the, and she talks about how she just had to find a house, a three-bedroom house, it was just enough money to cover, only had enough money to cover for a three-bedroom house. And these nine kids and her lived. And they went to a, a, a government school, didn't go to a Christian school, couldn't afford it. And some of the kids, they certainly got influenced in the bad way for a season. But she continually believed, she continually prayed, she continually had faith in, these, in what God could do. And you know what? It's amazing what God could do. And we see the result of that is just wonderful, wonderful men and women who grew up. She, it was a hostile environment that she had her kids growing up in, and yet she believed, and she saw amazing things. Parents today, it's, 
It's not wasted time just to get down on your knees sometimes every day. And it only takes several minutes just to pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids. It doesn't take much just to take a moment when they're going to bed if you've got kids who are still young and tell them a Bible story. The other, on what night was it? Friday night, I laid with my little boy Jeremiah, my grandson. And I told him he loves to hear the stories when I was young. But then I told him some stories. I said, do you know about um, David? He's, and he's only three. And he says, oh, yeah, with the stone. And he put the stone in the man's head and he fell down. I thought, wonderful, he knows the story already. I thought, oh, great, may that be cemented in his heart. See, it only takes a moment, doesn't it? It only takes just these, but consistency is powerful as we continue in our faith so our kids can continue in these. Can we have the team back? That'd be great. I want to tell you today, it's possible to raise up our children. If you hear mothers and you're, you're doing it by yourself, it's possible. If you're doing it, uh, if you're doing it uh, with, you, know, you think there's a hostile environment, we have a hostile society, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible because God qualifies us when we, when we come to Him. He forgives us for our past and we can walk in His victory in Jesus Christ. It's possible because of God in us. Do you know the Bible says He can be a father to the fatherless? Amen. Maybe that's been your testimony, no father. Maybe it's been a father but no mother. I don't know. But I know God cares for us today. Could we stand together today? I would love to just pray today. I want to just pray for mums today. I want to pray for grandmothers today. I want to even pray for mothers. There's maybe some mothers I know of, at least one, who's fostered children and cared for children. Never been a, a, a natural mother, but been a mother to many. And if that's you today, this prayer is for you too. I just want to pray for mums maybe today who are feeling it, feeling like, you know, I haven't got it all together. And I, and I just feel like sometimes they don't listen to me, my kids. It feels like sometimes the situations... And circumstances get on top of me and, and I don't always react and respond healthy and well. And Oh God, I just need your strength. I need your strength. I need God's strength as a dad, as a granddad. Hey, come on. But today, if you're a mum today, if you're a grandmother today, if you're a foster mum today, you're a, a mum today, can you just give me a wave? You can put your hand down. Just give me a wave. Come on. Just so I can acknowledge the mums here. You're part of that, Michelle. Thanks, darling. <laughs> Can I just pray right now? Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your incredible faithfulness to us. As Pastor Malcolm pointed out, you're faithful to us. You're so faithful. You're faithful to the flowers of the field, but how much more to us? I thank you, Father God. I thank you for each mother, for each grandmother, for each foster mum, each mums um, who has adopted people today. And in their hearts, I pray that, Lord, whatever, if there's any regrets, if there's any pain from the past, I pray that you, Lord, today would help them to have your peace. And then know, know that they can know your forgiveness as they bring that to you and surrender it to you. I pray today, if they feel like they're alone today, that you will be their peace and encouragement. And you see that it's very much possible for them to still connect, interact, and build faith in their kids by themselves. Father, today... Maybe if for anybody who's concerned about the environment that their children or grandchildren are in, we pray, God, that you would give them faith to stand in prayer and, and, and know that, Lord, you can bring them through, even though the environment may want to tear them away from you, that, God, your, your Holy Spirit can draw them closer to you. So, Father, we thank you today. We commit our mums to you, our grandmothers to you today.
We thank you for each precious lady today. We thank you for the mums that aren't here today. Maybe there's people who represent their mother here today or their grandmother. We thank you for those. So we just pray that whatever situation they may be in, if there's mothers that we have that are not yet believers in the Lord Jesus, we pray, we pray for their salvation. They would come to Christ. Grandmothers would come to Christ. Father, we would stand in the gap for them in Jesus' name. Maybe we have sisters who are mothers today. We stand in the gap for them today, for salvation for them. And we commit ourselves to you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on. How about we just one more time just sing this great song that we were singing just earlier. tried so hard to see it, took me so long to believe it, that you choose someone. 